Welcome, welcome, welcome to the human experience. I am your host at T-R-U-H-I-M. I would like to welcome you all into this wonderful space and place today. Thank you all for uh, choosing to take the time out to tune in and tune up. You know, uh, you will be hearing me say this statement a lot. This forum that we have for the human experience is some hot-ish. And when I talk about hot-ish, what I am talking about is higher order thinking. For those of you who are just joining us today, the human experience is a forum where I ask my guests seven questions that will allow them to compassionately express themselves so that you, the viewer, can experience the passion that resides within these individuals. And so, just as a recap, because we haven't been here, I haven't, we haven't recorded and we haven't been in front of you for uh, a couple of weeks. Last week, October 15th, I mean, August the 15th, we had Ascend the Throne. It was a magical experience where we had the men of King Conscious and guests gather for this uh, dynamic conference that was able to have three speakers come in and talk about one one gentleman, Adrian Hargrove, gave his experience about uh, about how he gained knowledge of self through the understanding of his family lineage. And then we taught we had Enrico Moses who expounded upon emotional intelligence and how to tap in and learn about and, and tune in to your emotional intelligence. Because when you know your lineage, right, you know and you gain and have knowledge of self, it gives you the opportunity to be able to better deal with and explain inside yourself the emotions that may be rising up because some of those emotions could be uh rising and coming up because they are related to your lineage and your dna from knowing and not knowing those particular things that may cause triggers for your feelings and your emotions to rise and then we had pastor jonathan de who was able to um talk about passion and purpose so ascend the throne was the epitome of hot ish and the guest that we have today who is going to be joining us was also in attendance at ascend the throne but then also in his position was also one of the sponsors of ascend the throne and the individual that i am talking to you about his name is Yusef Gilmore Bay. He's an Herbalife distributor who is running, literally running miles and miles and miles around Philadelphia in the health and wellness community. And he is him and his group of Herbalife distributors are really transforming the environments where they come from. You know, uh, I was able to meet Brother Yusef. Uh, attending Clark Atlanta University. You know, I am a proponent of gaining knowledge. Now, wherever you choose to go and gain that, that's on you, as long as you continue to continue to be a person of learning. I happen to go and attend college. 
Not saying that that's for everyone, but I know one of the things that I gained tremendously from with attending this university, Clark Atlanta University, were the relationships that I was able to gather and make in being in that environment. So Yusef is one of those brothers that I was able to connect with. Sunset, I ain't even going to say the rest of the name, but Sunset lives on. You know what I mean? And it is through that bond that that Seth and I were able to, to link up 15 to 20 years later. So if for anything else, attending an institution of higher learning has to do with the people that you meet there and making those bonds and those connections because you never know when that doubles back around and you can utilize and access the resources that you both have gained through your growth. And so with no further ado, I could keep talking on and on and on and on and on, but why do that? When I could have the good brother, Yusef Gilmore Bay, continue to introduce himself. Peace, brother Yusef. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the human experience, good brother. How are you today? Peace, King. Let me give you What's your up, flowers. What's up, brother? How you doing? Oh, I'm great, brother. <laughs> you know, we have, to, we have to clap it up for you. You know what I mean? We like to do it actually two times because you're worth that around here in, the, in these spaces and these places. You know what I mean? You got to get that. that Thank you very that much. That reverence. So, brother Yusef. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Mr. Grateful, please. <laughs> Give us a little bit more of an insight as to who Yusef Gilmore Bay is, where he came from, how he got to where he is now, and what it is that you're you're working on now in life. Um, you know it's crazy because I'm um, listening to you speak just now, right? Uh, I was thinking in my mind about where I was going to start, and then you mentioned, um, you know, you in in your intro where you and I had met. And in all honesty, I, I think that's probably a better starting point before I even get into the works of, um, you know, what we're doing in our city so far as bringing uh, this healthy, active lifestyle, health, fitness and awareness um, to our community in Philadelphia with Herbalife giving us an amazing platform to do so. Um, we met at Clark Atlanta, Clark Atlanta University, and uh, you you hit it right on the head, man. If, if I have to say um, going to school, uh, graduating, I, I got the, the bachelor with the double major. You know, that was one of the, the platforms of higher learning that, um, you know, I chose to uh, take that route, college education. But I think more than anything, uh, you you hit a dead square, man, like the relationships that we were able to build. I'll say this. Um, CAU in Atlanta, for me, was probably uh, where I, I think I grew up the most from, you know, the adolescent years moving into young adulthood and um, being exposed to something that was just different from the culture of what, you know, I was used to growing up in the city of Philadelphia, uh, North Philly, Germantown area, Philadelphia. Um, and, you know, that inner city, you know, tri-state area. I still got homies to this day that, like, really never left the tri-state area. And um, I say I did my my most growing up there or I had the most growth there because um, it just opened my mind to a lot of things, mostly uh, a lot of the, I think, the blocks that, I had like a lot of, you know, the armor that I would wear coming from, you know, the type of neighborhoods that we come from. Like it wasn't until I got down there that I was introduced to what they call that Southern hospitality, where, 
people really speak and they say, hey, you know, how you doing or great morning or whatever like that. And, you know, I was so used to just it may seem like something small, but, uh, you know, you can walk past a thousand people in Philadelphia, like, you know, not make eye contact, not speak. It's just like it's um, it's something that you don't even pay attention to until you're not in it and it's not normal. That was like my norm. And people could immediately identify us. Like, I don't know if you could, uh, if you ever received this when we was in Atlanta, but people used to be like, you from up north, ain't you? Like, <laughs> they used to go automatically tell, like, you know what I mean? And it wasn't until we were there for a while that I actually understood where that was coming from. But mm. Clark Atlanta University, um, I got friends all over the country now because of attending school at CAU. You know, we was down there from, well, I was down there from 99 to 2003. Uh you know, I got friends all over, man, West Coast, Midwest, uh, down south, like, you know, that that I still have strong relationships with. And I was able to bring that back home when I decided to come back home to Philadelphia. Um, I majored in um, I majored in uh, allied therapy. Uh, my, my concentration was community health education and uh, health information management. Mm. And um, it's crazy because uh, I majored in pretty much what I'm doing now. Mm. But, but the uh, the degree, the college education, the bachelor's in science that I obtained is not necessary to do what I do. Um, when I first came home from school, I worked in my field of study, uh, and I my first job was in the field of behavioral health and psych. Um, I was on that tenure for a very long time. I worked um, multiple psych hospitals. I worked in a rehabilitation centers, uh, drug and alcohol placement, uh, mainly with the youth. Like, you know, my concentration, I always wanted to work with uh, kids. And so I was in school base. I did truancy. I, I did pretty much almost everything you could do in my field of study. And, um, you know, just super overworked, man. Like, you know, you know how that work field could be. Uh, I wound up having two jobs. Three jobs. I think the, the most jobs I've ever had at one time was four jobs, right? All in my field of study. No, <laughs> right. <laughs> Got to be somewhere in, somewhere in my background, right? But um, I know people used to always ask me, like, you know, how does a person have four jobs? And I'll be like, well, I worked a night shift, which was 11 to 7, 11 p.m. to 7 in the morning. I worked a day shift in the school system. So for uh, for almost 13 years, I did that. So from straight from my night shift, 11 to 7, straight to the school shift, which was seven to three. Uh, my third job was my part-time job that I did on the weekends at a drug and alcohol center, um, putting people in um, rehabilitation centers that was trying you know, overcome drug addiction or some type of form. I was part of the assessment team at Eighth and Girard. Um, that was my weekend job that I worked on Saturdays and Sundays. And then I picked up a fourth job, uh, you know, when the bill started getting heavy and, and the, the fourth child came around. And um, that was like a PRN position that I would pick up hours when available, mm. you know, whenever I could squeeze time. And so very overworked, just really doing um, what I was taught, just doing like, you know, what um, everyone else definition of a, a, a quote unquote, a good man was, you know, to be educated and to come home and work, to be educated, to come home and work. You know, I was already looked at amongst um, some of my peers and family members as a success because I went to college. Like most of my friends didn't go to college, uh, you know, because I made it out the streets. Most of my friends, you know, you know, really didn't like, you know, you know, prison, you know, some not here anymore, but you know, college was like, you know, there's a very small percentage of my friends who actually graduated with a degree. So doing that 
coming home and working. And even though I was like really beating myself rampant in, in my field of study, you know, trying to find different ways to increase the income, really just to have more peace of mind and more freedom in life, uh, to be, uh, you know, a, a better father, just have better quality of life. All I really knew was to uh, pick up another job or to try to get a higher paying job whenever the bills became overbearing, which, you know, they always were <laughs> overwhelming. Uh, it's always more money at the end of the money, it would seem like. And, it's, you know, it's not enough hours in a day to work to really, like, cover the expenses that I had. So, you know, I doubled and dabbled in um, the thoughts of going back to school like most people do, you know, the master's degree. Like, you know, if, if you like we are, you know, we, we had school loans and all those type things. <laughs> Um, you know, do I pick up more loans to go back to school? Do I, do I, you know, I went to nursing school, uh, actually for a year. Crazy thing is, uh, I really didn't want anything to do with nursing, but I was in a field where, you know, I already had the bachelor's in science. I could have went right into the RN program, which I did. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and just did a year of that did well because I was on the floor and I was used to being on the floor and then just real, really came to the realization that, um, you know, I, I didn't want to do that. Uh, not because. I couldn't. I just realized um, that if I was going to do that, it was going to be solely for the money. And I was already working with a few nurses, you know, mm. during my uh, tenure, like in the hospital, psych hospitals, different hospitals where a lot of them seem unhappy. Like and when you're not happy at work, it affects your work. And so I, I had a you know, I was around some good nurses and I was around some nurses who were like really just there to pick up the check. Yeah. And um, you could see the difference, you know. What, yes, what that what that actually um, what that actually does, like you speaking upon, um, like, you know, you taking on that job and whether it was for 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 the money or for the love that actually gives us a great segue into our first question, which is excellent. What do you trust more, your heart or your brain? Now my heart mm. uh in earlier years and i would say as recently as maybe seven eight years ago before i found this herbal life opportunity and i'll get into that definitely my brain anybody who knows me man i'm a, I'm a virgo <laughs> i overanalyze everything i overanalyze everything like there's positives and there's negatives to that but i'm the guy that you know it has to make sense like i have to know where i'm going or think I know where I'm going, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in order to get there or it doesn't sit right with me. So um, in the past, up until my 30s, mm -hmm. definitely. Um, as of lately, definitely my heart. Definitely. I still use the brain, but I, I follow the heart way more. And that just has a lot to do with my growth, uh, my spirituality, um, you know, building my relationship with God and, um, um, you know, just being a, um, a witness in my own life of being guided and opposed to uh following my own plan has worked out uh way better for me and the outcome of where my life is today and where it's going that's interesting right because you remember uh another another brother from philly uh asa bush we used to have this thing where we go back and forth because he's also a virgo right and so okay our, our the way that we used to uh, go bounce back and forth with one another is it's like Virgo Virgo vision Libra mission right because I'm a Libra so when we used to come together on things it'd be like the Virgo vision because it's the analytical and da 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 and then the Libra mission I'm 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 
more about balance and like with that creative and, you know, not necessarily uh, being fully focused or having to be fully focused on like the, the, the logic in everything. Right. So when we would always build with one another, it'd be like the Virgo vision with the Libra mission, you know? Um, so that's, that's, that's crazy. I'm just, I'm just not, I'm just learning that about you, man. My, uh, my, my greatest teacher in life, my biggest mentor and my, my, father figure even bigger than my own birth father was my grandfather and he was a leader mm. like literally who, who has taught me everything the morals the values the you know what i mean how to carry myself as a man was my grandfather he probably was my best friend and as a child like to be honest um when when my cousin passed away um was my grandfather and he was a leader we always meshed very very well mm -hmm. <laughs> there so, you I, go. so i understand where you're coming from with that like you know what i mean that's crazy that's the first time i heard that though yeah you said virgo vision libra mission yes sir that's how it, that's how that's it worked cool. out you know so and so with that i mean i think you answered the question but i would like to for you to give like even more of a, a deep dive um you know briefly about how how that switch was made for you within going from leading with the leading with the mind and then um now leading with the heart and letting the mind uh letting the mind use the logic around what the heart is feeling right to make manifest the logic mm -hmm. in the heart in what you're feeling to complete the task of why you're feeling that way um so yeah dive a little bit more into that specific uh factor like how that switch was really made i know 100 percent. so um so uh actually the, the way my story goes on it, it targets exactly that so um, I'll, I'll continue and I'll speed it up a little bit by saying uh, after I graduated and I decided to come home, uh, you know, one of the reasons I came home, it was a decision. Mo most of our friends, you notice, um, actually stayed in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And um, I was one of the few people that came back home and I went back to Philadelphia. And even my family and friends were like, you know, what the, what the hell made you come back to Philadelphia from Atlanta? And uh, at the time, I really didn't have an answer outside of... Um, I think I always wanted to do something in my community. I always wanted to do something back home. I didn't want to, I didn't want to just pick up and make it elsewhere. I wanted to, I wanted to build something at home. Like this was always in my heart, even though I didn't speak about it. Like that was always in my heart. I wanted to do something. I wanted to be somebody. I wanted to be successful around the people um, to, to give vision to give insight in some type of way and the only way i really knew at the time was i was a graduate and i came home and but it was back home and it was back to the struggle to be honest um i struggled to find my first job once i got the job like you know i was i was like kind of back in the hood where i was living i didn't move out of you know that portion of the city until i had my first child i went on and you know i was working like crazy and you know life was happening uh married the first time around uh four children um uh, the first time around, um, you know, and just just life, life more or less taking control of me, not me taking control of life. Mm. But I go into or, um, a following my heart because up until that point, every decision I had made was following um, my mind and, you know, my plan, not necessarily my heart. I was not in love with anything that I was doing. Mm. Um, I wasn't even in love with the major that I went to school for. I literally majored in what I majored in because I knew there were jobs in the field. It wasn't because wasn't I was necessarily passionate in it. 
but I knew there were jobs in the field. And so I felt like, you know what, I'll, I'll always have a chance to work and I'll always have a chance to provide, even though this is not, you know, really what I love. Like I had stopped reaching for what I loved or even quite frankly lost touch of what I love like some time ago, like just like thinking about survival and not thinking about thriving. Mm-hmm. So um, let's let's speed up the process a little bit so we can get to the, some of the answers to that questions. Uh, you know, one of my best friends growing up, uh, growing up, he was like a he was like a younger brother to me. Um, a couple years behind us, uh, he was in high school when we were in college. But a friend by the name of Naeem Turner, he was uh, introduced to this company called Herbalife through a friend of his who uh, we're all like, fr- you know, friends and family. You met them the other day. Um, but long story short, Herbalife is a cellular nutrition company, number one cellular nutrition company in the world. We knew nothing about it. The company is 40 years old. We knew nothing about it. Um, but he was introduced. And, uh, you know, they're into health, fitness and wellness, uh, nutrition, you know, uh, and, and this healthy, active lifestyle. And it's a company of multi-level marketing. Uh, the business we knew nothing about. And so um, when my friends started doing this, like, you know, we were encouraged from going to like what they call a fit camp. It was a workout that wasn't in our neighborhood. It was like on the outskirts of the inner city where we live. It was more or less like in the suburban area. Mm-hmm. And um we would travel maybe like 50 minutes uh, to go to this, like maybe once a week. And it was like this crazy workout. And this dude uh, named Nick Natika, who's, you know, our upline, he was had this crazy workout with all these people out there. And we would go out there and we would like die during this workout. And uh, and my man took me out there on one of my days off. Right. And um, the, it just the, the atmosphere was so positive. And afterwards, everybody would meet up at this nutrition shop and they would have like these these smoothie shakes that I knew nothing about, but they taste great. And it just like the camaraderie and the positivity was dope. And um, I was able to go that one day. And then my man came up with the idea. He was like, yo, we need something like this where we from. We need something like this in our neighborhood. I was sold on that, mm-hmm. right? The business of Herbalife in the beginning, I was not sold on. I had tried multi-level marketing things before. I wanted nothing to do with it. I wanted nothing to do with selling products. I was too caught up in, yo, I got four jobs as it is. I don't got time to do that. But <laughs> but I was- Logic. Like the lot was taken was, Yeah, yeah. You know, the, everything was taken over. I got too much time in this area. I got too much money invested in I'm working like, you know, I'm, I'm, a co- I'm a college grad. I'm working in my field, and even though I'm struggling and I'm suffering, right? Knew nothing about the money. But I was 100% for bringing something to our community. And um, we was going to do it in the form of a workout. So we started off with one workout a day that we did for free, um, free fit camp on Sundays out in this place called Bluebell Park. We would show up, a handful of us, maybe like five or six of us at a time, um, and just work out. And I didn't have a lot of time, but I would always look for that Sunday, even if I lost sleep, to go out there. Mm. You know, I was like, yo, you know, I felt so good, or we felt so good just being around each other. None of us was for personal trainers. None of us, you know, I probably had one of the most athletic backgrounds playing football at Clark Atlanta, but mm. none of us was like in that field. We just were working up to, uh, showing up to work on each other. And um, I was into that. And, uh, you know, I was, I started using the products. I literally signed up with this company to support a friend. You know what I'm saying? Um, once again, wanted nothing to do with this company. It didn't make sense to me, logically, but it kept feeling right. It kept, like, it felt so right here. Mm-hmm. that I was showing up and I was losing sleep to be around this thing that we were creating. 
and it just like grew. It took on a life of its own. And it was like, you know, people started showing up. Like my man, like really he was the brainchild behind the growth of what we did. Like Naeem Turner, like he would, you know, that's his gift. He would take the footage and he would post it. Like I wasn't heavy on Instagram. None of us was heavy on social media, but he would post it. And then random people would just start popping up. Like they, they knew that we was meeting in this patch of grass at this park every Sunday at 11 a.m., we were inviting people from work. People was listening, following us on social media. We were sure we would work out. We would do something crazy. We would leave. We would feel great. I would feel great going home. Yeah. Right. Home. Home was like not even a, a place of peace for me at the time. So it was like out of all the areas that I had in my life, my personal life, my professional life, um, these things were kind of like in a dark place. But here I was feeling great. Mm-hmm. I was free, right? I went and sat in one of the meetings that talked about the business opportunity. And I think I fell asleep in the back. I was like coming off a double shift. Once again, I wasn't paying no attention to it at all, right? But I was feeling good about myself. I was showing up. I started drinking the shakes literally because I liked them, right? So I was having like one for breakfast. Anyway, uh, I wound up losing like uh, 25 pounds of bad weight. Like, my clothes wasn't fitting, anything. And the people around me started noticing. And they were asking me, like, yo, what are you doing? What are y'all doing? Like, yo, we watching, what are you doing? And still ignorantly following my mind, because I was about to go into nursing school, and <laughs> here I am, right? <laughs> right? Still following my mind. Um, I'm like, oh, you know, I don't really do the business. That, that, yo, you know, come to this workout with me. Like, because I was, I was loving the work. I'm like, yo, I'll introduce you to my man. That's, that's the one who do the business. Mm-hmm. So I was inviting people like, you know, just my energy was saying like, you know, come, come, come. And people started showing up. And anytime they tried to talk about the products or what I was doing to actually lose the weight, I would send them to either Naeem or my upline, my friend, Marnie Ortiz. Right. And I was going back to work and I literally was at work all week long just to make it to that Sunday, mm-hmm. all week long just to make it to that Sunday. Like I couldn't wait to get to that Sunday. I would lose sleep. I would come straight from work, straight to the house, you know, to go straight to this workout after being up for 12 hours or whatever like that working. And um, it didn't make sense. And then one day, uh, one day I, I got a check in the mail from Herbalife Nutrition and it was for like $590. And I thought it was fake. <laughs> you know, you get some little checks in the mail like yeah. that, that'd be like from a, you know, you know, some, you know, something, but it's not really a check, but it looked like a check. Word. But I got a check. From Herbalife Nutrition for five hundred ninety dollars, and I call. I immediately called my man. Like, yo, um, I got this check. What is this about? And he like, yo, you earn it. And I'm like, but I don't do this business. Like, you know, like I'm once again my mind, mm-hmm. not my heart. And you know, really, this is the crazy thing. The way he got me involved, like the, the money had to slap me in the face, like to me even think to even think it was a income opportunity with it, right? But what had happened was, you know, with the highest of integrity, um, he and and my friend Marnie, when I would bring people along, every time I was sending them, yo, yo, I don't do this business, go talk to my man. If they would order products, he was, she and he were placing product orders like underneath my, my account, which was actually a distributorship. And so I was earning what you call a wholesale income from clients. And so when I got that check, it was like, yo, these are all these people. And immediately a light went off because $590 is 
was more than I was making on my part-time job that I had completely gave my weekends away for. Mm -hmm. Right. And so immediately I just thought in the realm of freedom or freeing up some time. Um, I wasn't thinking take over the world. I was thinking, <laughs> yo, I could get my weekends back. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I this Saturday is, yo, this is actually like, you know, I'm working every Saturday and Sunday and I'm only really making like maybe about extra $500 a month after taxes, just working every weekend. Damn, I could get my Saturday and my Sunday back, mm -hmm. right? So with I remember I went kids. home. <laughs> with, with four kids, kids at the time. Kids, bro. Yeah. Which, which is the most important part. And so um, the business still didn't make sense to me. Like, I, you know, we, I, I was around and I was hearing the money stories, but it didn't make sense. I was blocked to thinking that this was an opportunity for me. Mm. I'm, I'm, I got 30 years of being this way and not being this way. But uh, in that transition, I brought the idea home. I kind of wanted to do it. Like, you know, my family and the people closest to me was like, ah, like, you know, nobody really had a bill of confidence except for the people I was around. And none of us knew what we were doing. I'm talking about the fellas. None of us really knew what we was doing. Thank God for the queens and the strong sisters because we had like a couple, a handful of sisters that was with us, right? Who actually, and I, and I must admit this, who actually kind of took to the business side of it faster than we did and set our asses down. Like, look, y'all missing money. Like, we want to show y'all what uh, to do on this side. You know what I mean? That's always my sister, always, always that the was queens. Right. That was, that was uh, you know, my sister, uh, Ashanti. Uh, uh, Ashante. Tay-Tay Jenkins, that's what we call it. But, um, you know, they, they kind of, like, guided us in that area when we was just getting people involved. So, once again, I'm still, like, I'm still really just getting the community involved. I'm following my heart. I'm going with what makes sense. It doesn't make sense money wise, right? And it and it but I feel great. Go ahead. Yeah. And the transition into that, right, that you that you're speaking of, um, is actually the transition into the next question, which is is it better to have beauty or be beautiful? Is it better to have beauty or be beautiful? Hmm. I would say it's better to be beautiful. Mm. I, I think um, the state of being is better than the state of possession. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, and when you say have versus be, you know what I mean? Possess versus become. Um, you know, the, the hardest job I've ever had in this was working on myself. And it wasn't what I was possessing, it was who I was becoming. Um, I became a person of value. Like, in other words, like just to give you the short version, I started following my herbal life is the only thing I've ever done in my life where I didn't analyze it and I didn't do it for the money and the money started falling out the sky for me. Mm. Mm. It's the only thing that I've ever done in my life that I stepped into this not looking like not for the money, but the money opportunity was so great and it is so great that this is what gave me my freedom. And so just being the best version of myself, like we started empowering our community. You know, we started become like we went from that one small workout in the park to changing the whole culture of a you know section of our city. Like, and this is documented. 
Like, thank God for social media because you can go to my page, any one of our pages, any one of our social medias. I can give you a ton of names that's been like in our inner circle since we started seven years ago. And um, you can literally see the culture of where we live change, where people are now like, you know, we, we kind of made it cool. We went from that one little workout a week, you know, Sunday turn into Sunday and Wednesday. Sunday and Wednesday turn into Sunday, Wednesday, Monday. Sunday, Wednesday, Monday turned into Sunday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday. Turned into, you know, Tuesday and then we had a business meeting on Thursday. Then we had a thing on Friday. Then we took up the weekends. Then we started opening up businesses, nutrition shops. And, you know, I look up today and we got five or six nutrition shops open in the city of Philadelphia mm-hmm. underneath our umbrella. Multiple people making income. Tons of people getting in health and being aware of treating their body better, eating properly. Um. You good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize okay. about that. That's some no, it's good. bullshit. Somebody calling me on my phone. Ah. All right, but keep keep going, man. I got one, too. Don't worry about it, bro. It's, my kids didn't hit me up like two or three times. It comes with it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, you know, and, you know, so becoming, man, um, becoming this individual and then seeing it, seeing it for myself, like letting it sink into my heart, like, you know, uh, what happiness really feels like because as I started getting closer to it, it started feeling foreign. And I don't know if you ever experienced this, man, but when things started going right, like I started like rejecting it because I was so used to like just operating with my back against the wall, pressure all the time, not from a happy place that this newfound power of, yo, like this is my gift or this is like, this is our purpose. Like, you know, greatness is really being service you know, that's right up my alley, like moving with integrity, helping folks genuinely with no strings attached, you know, watching people, you know, and helping people get what they want out of a situation will pay you over 10 times more. So it kind of switched the focus of, you know, wanting to tap into myself a little more and wanting to tap into, um, you know, my higher being, my, my relationship with God and learning how to focus. Like I was fortunate enough to have some people placed around me. You know, God's plan is amazing, man. Um, it just took me to certain lessons. Um, and and touching back to, I, I had this one professor at Clark Atlanta University, right? I promise, if I could, if I could find Dr. Howard, like, I, you know, I hope that she's still alive and well. But um, I used to have this professor named Dr. Howard, um, who she used to always push us, like the men especially, me and my man Mike to be like leaders, like, and, you know, have more of a voice. And like back then, you know, we was just trying to get the grade or whatever, but um, she said something that always stuck with me. She was saying um, that you're going to get out here in this professional field and you're going to realize that you have to become a person of value and not just look for something that's going to add value to your pockets. She said, you're going to be in a position where you're going to have to look at a situation, analyze what's going on, uh, and be able to fill a gap or provide a service. And that's how you're going to be able to feed your family. Mm. Like she said this one time, like, you know what I mean? Like, in other words, you're not going to always be able to just depend on an uh, employer. Like you have to think bigger than that. You have to become a person of value so you can name your price. And um, that's what I love about this opportunity. Like we took on the culture of our city that is very, very toxic in so many ways. And it starts with like, you know, the young men who look like myself you know, being the leaders in the household, but, you know, just through this uh, healthy, active lifestyle, like, uh, you know, I followed everything that felt right, man. I just wanted to feel great, and I wanted people to feel like me. 
And before I even figured it out, I understood to just bring them around, bring them around the energy. We had something positive going on and we learned the ins and outs along the way. And it's like God guided us. Like, I'm being honest, like this, you know, I can't speak for anybody else, but speaking for our movement, you know what I mean? It was, it was like God's plan, man. And then that turned into this opportunity. This amazing company has provided us the platform to, you know, create the type of, not, not just create an income opportunity, but to be able to offer an income opportunity to other people, no matter what their background is, no matter, you know, I got a lot of friends coming from where I'm from. That, you know, they, they've done prison time and they got that they got that letter next to their name. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just think it's sad, you know, a person could go do time, you know, do what they call uh, rehabilitation or be reformed. And then they can't come home and they can't be a trash man because that's a city job. They can't come home and they can't drive a bus because that's something near the union. Like, you know, like these are regular labor jobs that anybody who wants to show up on time and work hard should be able to get. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, they. You know, with but but Herbalife cares nothing about that. They don't care if you've been to prison. Like I have a number of brothers who've done ten years, five years. That's doing very well. Not only are they doing very well financially, um, they are pillars in our community and leading the forefront and cleaning it up, reaching back and grabbing these young brothers and showing them what we're doing. You know, so um, being so if I'm hearing you correctly, if I'm hearing you correctly, the fact that when you started being the individual who you uh, who you saw yourself as, and the vehicle of that being uh, came about through the opportunity of Herbalife, right? Because uh, you know, going back into you know, you wanting to be a pillar in your community, you wanting to be able to um, effectuate change in the community that you come from, um, and how the the Herbalife opportunity provided you with that that uh it, it just it, it was just a tool that was placed before you to use to work to till the soil and 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 revitalize and regrow the hearts and minds and health and wellness of the individuals in that toxic environment that you came from right even before we even like and that that's a perfect breakdown but even before we knew what it was even before we knew exactly what it was, that's exactly what it is. Herbalife is a platform, it's the vehicle, it's the tool that's allowing us to actually create these this income through this service of, you know, you know, of being in service. But um, even before I got that, I was just following the feeling of what felt right. Mm. It felt good to be around it. It felt good. Like I left feeling fulfilled, even when I wasn't making a dime. Like, you know, my family, Unbeknownst you know, to you, you uh, thought you weren't making a dime, but it actually, you was making some, yeah, you was making some coin. <laughs> yeah, 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 real talk. But, but what I'm saying is like, even before we knew that it was the opportunity that it was like, you know what I mean? And even when I understood the opportunity, I didn't fully understand it. I was learning along the way, but I was being compensated along the way. But now the movement that we have is, is. Is, is such a wonderful thing, man. It, it has us traveling all over. Like people want us to tell our story about Philadelphia, you know, everywhere we go in the Herbalife community and, and you know, in different platforms and, you know, people like yourself, like, you know, if, if they're, for those who have been paying attention, you know, it's just changed my life completely, man. And that's, um, that's I think me stepping in and, and being the person or, you know, continuing to grow and continuing to be the person that I'm meant to be 
which is a you know a husband and a father first um you know a man in my community a man a person to be in service like you know i, I think that's part of my gift is being in service mm-hmm. you know what i mean i really have uh you know i really like don't get me wrong like I, I love you know being you know having finances and knowing that i can reach a financial freedom that i've never had in my life but um yo man it's just it's so fulfilling for me to see people uh to see people accomplishing happiness that comes along with, you know, health, wellness, and, you know, what they're doing, and even this financial opportunity. So I'm like, I'm the best father I could be. Oh, man, like my personal development has been on a beam. Like, you know, uh, you know what I'm listening to, what I'm watching nowadays, it's like everything is, is fueling me and pushing me in that direction. Like my routine every single day, I'm loving it. And so with that, right, um, and in those feelings and in the, and like in expressing that the third question I have for you is when was the last time you cried? Oh man, that's easy. Uh, I think the last time I cried was Thursday. Mm. <laughs> Elaborate. Thursday before. <laughs> The Thursday before I flew out here, um, yo man, it's crazy because um, <laughs> like had you asked me this question six years ago, I, I don't know when I would have been able to say that. But <laughs> we cry so frequently around here now. It's like I like, bro, like, is there a week I don't shed a tear? Um, but yeah, but I would say Thursday. I flew out here Thursday morning. Um, uh, just in gratitude, man. I think I was waiting for my plane. And I was thinking about my uh, my wife and I was thinking about um, my children and I was just thinking about where I was in life. And like, yo, you you know, you hit a spot sometime where, you know, just from previous traumas of. Um, in a way. And you know, I'm going to just be honest, because I know it's probably a lot of people that can relate. Happiness still feels foreign to me. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of times, like, you start to feel, um, I mean, you know, you know you're worthy of it, but it's like, yo, it's like, you know, and, and I'm not, you know, I, I just feel like a very rich man, man. Like, that was one of the reasons I do my, uh, you know, I do my gratefuls, and I'm always in gratitude with my kids. Like, uh, is life perfect? No, but it's, it's great. Like, my life is great right now. E- even... The things that are like my challenges or my issues or the things that I'm working towards or, or the quote unquote problems, like none of them, I just view everything differently. Even my my obstacles are like, are just things like that I really view as stuff that's helping me grow into the person that I need to be because of where I'm going. And I, and I feel like I got a glimpse of where I'm going and I'm excited to get there. And I know that everything I'm going through is part of the process of me getting there. And so I had a moment. Like just waiting to get on a plane. Here I am coming out to Cali just because, you know what I'm saying? We out here, uh, you know, just enjoying life, enjoying time. We hit a major milestone in our business the month before. Uh, you know, I hit the millionaire team level in our business. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my my bro, he hit the press team level. These are, these are, you know, titles of names in business. That means, uh, you know, he's the top 1%. First person out the inner city of Philadelphia to actually do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we're, we're, shifting man and and everybody's growing and it's like yo this is what seven years of consistency hard work 
you know, and, and working on yourself looks like. And it's like, you know, from divorce to being married again. Um, and by the way, I have an I have an amazing relationship with my ex-wife, my children's mother. Like our relationship is like doper than it's ever been. I can't even remember the last time we was this good. And uh, you know, and my current situation is amazing. And I, I just was happy. So it wasn't like it wasn't upsetting tears, but like I shed a couple. Like, you know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't the boo-hoo cry, but I shed a couple, man. Like, and I just was like, I was just in gratitude, man. I just was thanking God and um happy for the space that I was in. So that's it. Like that's so that a, was that that's amazing, that bro. Like for you to be able to um to be able to evolve to a place where you are able to recognize and feel comfortable enough to be in so much joy that it comes out and you have tears of joy as opposed to tears of pain, right? Or what could have been years before, before you, you know, became, the, became this individual on this journey. Uh, those tears were, were often produced by, by pain, right? Because you didn't understand or you, and you're, as you're still learning to accept the, uh, the, the, the inherent joy that comes with living life. And that joy doesn't mean that you're at, that it's absence of, of hardship or strife. It's like, even in those moments, you can find the joy, right? So it, to be mm -hmm. able to release those tears of joy, um, is, is it, is an exercise in and of itself, you know, um, is yes. an emotional exercise in and of itself and be able to, to be able to even recognize that those tears and feel comfortable enough to be in open spaces and, and, and release those tears of joy is is one that you can actually look at and be like, yo, that has been an ultimate transition in life. And like, damn, this is what happiness looks like. You know, this is being right. able to release that and to to kind of piggyback and go off of like what you were talking about, the um, not even being or getting used to or still working on getting used to like what happiness is and how that in and, and allowing that to, to like fully land and resonate with you because of uh, of all the past traumas that you have experienced being from where you're from and, and how that works out in like the family dynamics and all of that right and being able to not even at first recognize what happiness even looks like or feels like right uh and to and to get comfortable enough to allow yourself to to still sit in that place and then you're still like even even in now in your life at this particular moment it's about how do i learn to feel comfortable with even being happy. You know, this is what is going on in the communities that, that we come from, whether it is a suburban community, but you have this skin suit of being an African-American or African um, descendant. We don't even have enough spaces where we can be, where we can actually feel happy and feel comfortable with being happy. You know, right. th that, that is something that is an overwhelming trauma that, that we experience as a people, not saying that anybody else doesn't, 100%. It. they just experience it in a different way, you know, and, and, and it's something that is tantamount that we 
as a people really learn how to be happy and be okay with being happy because and, and when we and when we become that and do that it also allows us and welcomes these good things to ha- continuously to happen in our lives right like to the point where we could say i'm working on this i'm getting paid very well from doing this and there is no shame there is no um feeling uneasy by being able to express something like that right because we have been so conditioned to not love on ourselves in that manner you know what i mean like that right. has been lacking from our lives for for all the myriad of reasons but once we hone in to something that you just spoke about once we hone in and we under, and we and we are living our purpose we are being our purpose everything else falls to the wayside and we can receive the abundance that life is all about you know, and, and, right. and it, it just comes with that mind. It comes with that mind, uh, that mindset shift, you know. And so from going from crying and being able to share those tears of joys. Another question I have for you, which is pregunto numero cuatro, is what are three words you should know in all languages? No. <laughs> in all languages I would say no God self no God self yes okay no God self we'll work with that no God self yeah uh, go into briefly uh why those three words? No God self. Um. Well, for one, I'll start with God or the Creator or whatever you choose. You know, to know it in every language, I, I just think the um, the ultimate, and no matter what your communication is, uh, even if it's sign language, um, I think you know having a having a a word to be able to describe, you know, that connection to yourself is very important. Um, you know. God leads to self, in my opinion. Um, I say self because, uh, you know, just the expression of it, you know, um, that that's, uh, you know, the actual word itself to know it in every language or to be able to express it or to, you know, I, I guess you can derive or learn from it and how you would express who you are. But uh, it's, a, it's a good starting point. Um, and I say no, because um, just from my own experiences, um, you know, I, I have, you know, the having knowing the power of no, <laughs> like knowing when to say no, knowing, you know, knowing when to <laughs> to not say yes all the time. I just think the word no has power in itself, positive and negative um, and, and learning how to be OK with it. Uh, it will protect you from certain things. Uh, you know, it, it's it's final. It's finite, like, you know, in certain areas, uh, but n- not in in all areas. We got to say in that, uh, you know, no doesn't always mean forever. No just means uh, not right now. <laughs> but um, but I, I think being able to, you know, being able to decline something that's not for you. Um, so that's probably a word you would want to know if you had to start off with three. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Would, not to mention. um 
it's kind of universal. I know no is probably no in a lot of different languages. <laughs> no matter what it is, like the simplicity of it. <laughs> Word. So, the easy one to learn as well. <laughs> so, Brother Seth, what I'd also yep. want to know, K-N-O-W, is what scares you? What scares me? Yeah. What am I afraid of? Or what scares me? The question that's the question that is on the floor is what scares you, sir? What scares me is uh <laughs> I'm scared of heights. <laughs> uh, there's so many jokes i could go with on uh, that one for you but i'll leave it alone <laughs> already know. You know, i'm scared of heights uh i'm scared of <laughs> that's why you was born so tall huh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you can you say that again i'm scared of heights i'm scared of I'm scared of um, not being here for my kids. Mm. That that I'm a I'm afraid to not be here for my children, at least to the to the full capacity of what God is going to allow me to be. Um, in my mind, you know, what I'm saying I, I see that going a certain way, but you know, whatever God's plan for my life ultimately will be what takes place and even in that I know everything will be where it needs to be but in my mind I want to I want to be here uh to father them I want I want to participate in fatherhood for as long as possible even all the way into adulthood and everything else we have a we have a beautiful tribe like you know we have seven children so um I want to be here for that whole process mm. um another thing that scares me is uh <laughs> deep water. <laughs> deep, deep water. Like I'm not I'm not I'm not the greatest swimmer. Mm. Like I, I could swim to save my life, right? But I don't take pleasure in swimming. And it's I think well I know it's because uh of experience I had as a child and I never took the initiative to really learn in a manner that was like for leisure. And so I think I missed out on a lot with that. Now there's always a, even though I know I can, like there's always like a healthy fear. Like I, I would probably fight a wolf before I jumped in. Like, <laughs> like, like if, if, it's, if it's a rabbit wolf and it's 15 feet of water, like that's the wolf ass. I'm just going to <laughs> uh, I get you on that one. But I can't do it. I get you on that. But, I, because... but I, I, I did. In the moment, I've conquered that fear once. Like, I, I did an obstacle course with my friends, and one of the things we had to do was jump off a 15-foot wall into, I think it was, like, 20 feet of water or something like that. Mm. And it was, like, muddy water, too. But I was able to do it. Like, I was prepared for it. But still, like, I did it. I got it over. It felt great. And, like, that tore down a lot of blocks in my life. But I still have a healthy fear of it. That's crazy. So I hear you. that's a, 
that's that's what scares me. Um, uh, and, and let me add this. I must I must definitely add this. Um, and I have some friends who have experienced this. Uh, I do. I really don't know how I would handle the loss of a child. Mm. That is something I pray often that I never have to experience. And I, I've had friends who've had experienced that. And, you know, some of them, man, they're, they are, you know, they are the strongest people I know. Like, I've, I, we've had friends who've lost, you know, sons to gun violence as young as 14 years old. Um, you know, we've had friends who have lost, uh, you know, children to illnesses and things of that nature. Like I, you know, that's one thing that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess no one is sure until they have to experience it, if they can handle it or not. But, um, I, I hope that one of the blessings, uh, the creator allows me to experience is, leaving before all of my children. Mm. I got you on that. Actually, you know, when you go back into the uh, fears of like deep water and stuff like that, I've also had a traumatic experience that uh, that had to do with me falling out of a canoe and my cousin saving my life. And I could literally attribute that to the moment in my life that has had the most profound impact on me because in that moment I told my cousin to let me go. And the way that that has impacted my life is that there's a automatic um, running or tape that goes in my head that is like, yo, you gave up on your, you gave up on your life, bro. In that moment, you chose not to fight for your life. Right. And the way that that has impacted me on 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 so many different scales, you know, um, had a lot to do with like self-esteem issues. And um, and even even to this day, you know, being able to have to fight back on the on the fact that like, damn, you gave up on yourself, you know, in that moment and you didn't fight for your life. And the way that that has impacted me, um, you know, it is specifically why. I talk about um, having faith in oneself. Um, it, it, that's that's directly related to me giving up on my life at that time. And bef- and before that moment, there has been two other times before that where I almost died, right? But that third one was the one that has definitely had the most impact on my life. You know, um, just 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 for that, you know, um, and it's it's nutty, but. I, I, I still work through it every day, every day, all day. I'm working through it. Uh, so that begins with sex question number six that I have for you, Seth. And you probably already um, expounded upon that um, and stated it. But I'll ask it anyway, which is what makes you happy? What makes me happy, man? Uh, <laughs> life. Right now, life makes me happy. All that comes along with it, and and I'm not just talking about the good and the bad. I mean, I'm not, I'm not just talking about the good. I'm I've learned to accept the good and the bad. It all 
makes me happy. Like how I, am I perfect with it? No, have I mastered it? No, but like I'm excited to wake up every single day. Mm. I really feel like every day that I wake up is a blessing. Uh, so that makes me happy. Um, knowing that I have goals that I'm still working towards. Cause years ago I stopped having goals, man. I was just like surviving. Mm. I was, I was literally, I had literally gave up on any goal that I had. And I said, you know what? My goal is to give my kids the best chance that they can possibly have. Like, like forget my happiness. Let me try to, and I, I think that's a, a, a pitfall that a lot of parents fall into. And I think it creates issues with your children later. Because um, I think we tell, like some of us, we tell ourselves that, okay, you know what, I'm going to live for my kids. Meaning like, you know, I'm going to sacrifice everything that makes me happy or I'm going to do what's the, uh, what's the safest route of stability to give them a, 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 a somewhat, at least a fair start. And then I'm going to tell them that they can be anything they want, which is totally like, uh, you know, hypocritical mm. <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like <laughs> you're not trying your hardest but you're going to tell them they could be anything they want right yeah um and i think what happens is a lot of parents actually accomplish that like they do the job of parenting and keeping at least a safe stable environment but they give up on their dreams a long time ago uh with the mindset of my child is going to make it and then when the child does start to go out there and, you know, face their own issues in life to try to make a way. We may treat them like they owe us something. Mm. Now you treat them like they owe you something because you've never had fulfillment in what was your happiness. And I think you can do both. Like, as a matter of fact, I think I think you have to try to do both. Even if you fail, I think there's a fulfillment in trying and failing but there's no fulfillment and not even trying and just like, you know, you know, taking all that regret later on. Like, you know what I mean? It used to take something tragic to happen to realize like that, um, you know, wow. Like, like, I, like if everybody knew when they were going to die, everyone would live differently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. I really think if we actually had an expiration date on our life, we would live differently. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, you know, shout, you know, super salute to everybody who have gotten the most out of every day that is no longer here. I don't know when my time is going to expire. So, um, you know, I, I just think that's one of the biggest pitfalls that parents do make is um, we, you know, because kids, they don't they don't do what you say anyway. They do what they see. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't listen to what you say. They They listen to what they see, like their environment, like they don't they don't believe they're going to grow past certain things in their environment if they're never exposed to anything. Very few, I'm not going to say anybody, very few are actually able to take words and manifest them into reality. Maybe you could be whatever you want, but we're over here struggling and we're living below poverty. Like you start, you know, success to them is like just above the poverty line. Mm-hmm. Until you get exposed to people that's doing way better and you feel like, yo, like this is actually available. Like this is available to me, but I think that um, if you try and we all don't have the same starting point in life, that's just life. But if you try and if you're pursuing 
whatever your happiness is and your version of success, then, you know, I think you at least uh, you, you, you give them the mindset and the work ethic to do the same. Yeah, dude. You give them the mindset. And like, you know what I think, like, yeah. what you're hitting on is something that I've been uh, speaking with, with a few people about, um, especially my partner, right? When, when like, I th- what you're speaking towards is a form of weaponizing your children, right? And what I mean by weaponizing your children is that you use them like when you talk about them as a scapegoat of like all right i'm not going to uh, i'm not going to go pursue this right now because i gotta be there for my children i gotta um and i have to provide for my children so i'm gonna do the ultimate sacrifice and fall on the sword and 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 um you know not (laughs) do my dreams right stuff in in supposedly in service to my children right and i say that that's like weaponizing them because what that does is, like that said, that does build up that resentment when that child um, actualizes their own vision of what their life is and not your vision of what you want their life to be, right? So you have weaponized them against yourself because you were using that child as a scapegoat for you not living, right? And so right. when that becomes... 100%. And so when that happens, it's like... Now there's all this anger and this lash, and it's not that you're even you may be a little disappointed in what that child has chosen, but you're you're more so disappointed in yourself because of what you chose not to do as an excuse or or as for using that child as an excuse for you not being fully expansive in life, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and there's just yep. many other ways that that we that that we have to be very careful about not weaponizing our children and think about the excuse like some of the that's one of the most indefensible excuses that you could ever use with somebody like let's say it's just as simple as going to hang out with a friend and you're like no i can't go hang out with a friend really you just don't want to go right but you use your child or the children as an excuse that person can't Mm -hmm. that person can't on the other side of that can't logically or or in integrity try to bounce back and be like no nah, why do, you just using that child like you can't respond to that right that's an indefensible excuse right that kind of shuts everything down right because right. if a person um you know pushes back upon that then that just give them a fuel for them you're like you're basically setting up setting them up to be an asshole right if they choose to <laughs> sort back to that right um and then you right. make them feel bad for about about calling you out on some shit that you may need to even be called out about but you're using the excuse of your child of your child as that. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about like weaponizing our children and being very um, cognizant of 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 when we're doing that. Right? Um, don't be putting that. Don't be putting that on the babies. You know, that's all. That's all you. No. <laughs> uh, so Seth, we have come to the last question, sir. And that last question that I have for you is. What is your purpose? Uh, <laughs> um, I think my purpose. <laughs> that was perfect time. 
<laughs> Imperfect timing. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> Yeah, keep going though. What is your what is your purpose? Um. Um. Oh my honestly, god! Stop it, please, please stop it. Stop, stop, stop. And I, it's like coming through on your computer, right? Oh my goodness. Yeah, it happens to me all the time. Don't worry about it. Especially, I'm I'm still still learning this uh, you know, this uh MacBook Air. Yeah, well, um, not my whole recording process right now. <laughs> Very frustrated, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Relax, relate, release. No, it's cool, about bro. being dynamic. It's that's about it, being dynamic, it. not perfect. Yeah, and, like, and, and I don't know about you, but I, I like real stuff, man. I like <laughs> I like stuff that ain't super edited. Like that's me. I just it makes me feel like, yo, these are real people having real conversations. <laughs> like life is happening all around you. All distractions are equal. It's called you know the human I mean? experience so, for a reason, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, my purpose, man. Um, you know what's crazy? I, um. I think I'm getting closer to having a full understanding of it. I haven't learned how to sum it up in a sentence yet, but I know it has a lot. Well, I know my it's solely tied to being in service. It's solely tied to being something for others and, and not in a manner of uh, for the world to see, but in a manner of where it's needed, even if I never get, you know, the accolades for it. Like, I really feel like, like God's tool, mm. like the most important, like one of the most important things that you might have never heard about. I think, you know, I, it's kind of tied to that. Like, um, who I, who I am or who I'm learning how to, it's crazy because I, I got a friend, um, one of my best friends is, um, it's actually a, a female by the name of uh, Dr. Delisa Martinez, right? And it's funny how you got a handful of people in your life uh, who kind of have a, a clearer vision of who you are for people than even what you see for yourself, at least at the time, right? And I got I got a handful of people who've been like that for me, and ironically. They're all women, and and they they all it always comes in threes in one way or another. But that's a whole other topic. But <laughs> right, but um, my uh, Delisa was I would say I always mention her because um, when we transitioned into this business together and we just started like uh, learning a lot, and uh, she just has a, a gift of like reading like energy on people, and like she could her and uh, my friend Marnie. You met Marnie the other day, but they will always be able to tell when I was in some shit, like in my mind. But then Delisa will always see like who I was becoming even before I became it. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say now that uh, my my wife, who is also my current best friend, uh, my wife Michelle, um, has has a scary. I, I don't want to say scary. Let me. Let's just say, well, it, it's 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 scary how tapped in she can be when it comes from like receiving a message from God or whatever and telling me about who I am before I even see it. And so what I've learned to do is um, if you have one of these people or a, like maybe one, I don't think everybody has a lot um, 
But if you have anybody in your life that's like that, what you what you learn to do is in times of doubt, like with a person like myself who automatically overanalyzes everything, you, you learn you learn to trust like their judgment even more than your own when it comes to certain things, certain venues. And so like I, I try to take the fear element out of the way and I try to be more and through that, I started leaning more on God. It started like, believe it or not. So it's like the women in my life have actually, you know what I'm saying? Like put more of that God aspect in my life where it's like um, learning how to walk on faith and not on sight. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm still learning how to sum what my purpose is. The only thing I could tell you is when I'm actually in it, I can feel it. Like there's times that I'm in it with what I'm doing and I can feel it. Mm-hmm. It may, you know, everybody knows us for help. You know, a lot of people got this misconception that like I'm a personal trainer. Like none of my workouts is actually about working out. None of my workouts, like when we do fit camps and boot camps and things, it's n- it's never really about working out. It's about the mindset or the focus right then and there. And we use the workout as a tool to kind of like distract what the mindset is doing. And then can we take that element and go home and apply it to life? Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like we get all type of people. We get athletes. We get people that's 300 plus pounds that's seriously obese that can't even do what we're asking them to do. But we're here to build your mindset. So even if you got to sit here and try and fail at it, we're encouraging you not to leave us. Stay to the end. Hear what has to be said and work on it every other, you know, every week, even if it's once a week. And then let's compare that because that's progress over time. Mm. Right. And so when I'm in it, when I'm in it, I can feel it. <laughs> when I'm in it, I'm speaking. Like, and, and it'd be like just at the moment, like it'd be at the moment. It might be a topic. It might be an action. Sometimes I don't need to say anything. Sometimes I feel like I just need to be doing something like whether it's, you know, it's more, like I could be the person moving chairs in a moment. I can't like, so the closest thing I could say is being in service to others. You know what I'm saying? And I know it's a, I know it's a higher standard of it, but just, you know. Dr. Martin Luther King, and it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because uh, one of my friends, actually, the guy I was telling you about, Naeem, he the one who gave me the nickname MLK. Right? They they said that because they would say I would be uh, long winded in my speech, but also like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> right? I'm laughing because. Uh, <laughs> but I, I never saw myself as an MLK or nothing, right? <laughs> but, I was laughing. I was laughing at that all the time because um, yeah. when, when I did, you know, the deeper research on on Dr. Martin Luther King, um, his integrity and who he was as a man, and he has a statement that talks about greatness, and he said anyone can be great because uh, anyone can serve, and a form of greatness is being in service, like to others, like a life is only as valuable as how valuable it is to other lives. Like, meaning, like, you know, that's the impact that we want to leave. And I always thought, like, damn, like, you don't have to be the top athlete, the best singer. You don't really have to have anything specific to, to put out effort to serve others. 
but it's the one thing that probably will impact people more than anything. Mm. Not necessarily just in your area, but in whatever area that's needed. You know what I mean? And so um, I, I like to think, like I said, I still haven't come up with a, I still haven't come up with the phrase to actually directly answer that question. I believe I'm still in the process of finding it out. But uh, I know it has to do with, my purpose has to do with uh, doing God's work and being in service. Well, good brother. What I will say in, uh, in closing is that from the time that I have known you, you have always been walking and living in that purpose. Because even on Sunset, when Seth brought to the, what Seth brought to the table was you would come to Sunset and you would be studying and that would get other people into study mode, right? So even just by the example of just coming there, coming to Sunset, Everybody is doing, you know, whatever, whether it's playing the games, whether it's, what, what whether it's working out, whether it's, you know, what, whatever that may be at that time. But then I know you I, I have vivid memories of you showing up and, and you busting out the books, you know, um, and, and how that would change some of the energy in the room to people be like, oh, yeah, let me get off this game. Let me stop rolling up right now. Let, let me let me bust out a little bit of my work that I got to get done. You know, um, so even 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 when I first uh, got back in contact with you and we spoke about ascend the throne and 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 you offered the service of, of being able to to donate some some product to the uh, to some of the attendees, you know, um, and, and showing up and being in service in that manner, even from when you were in ascend the throne and being of service of like offering your your um offering your perspectives and things of that nature, always been of service, you know? So good brother, you have been living your purpose and living your mission uh, in this existence. I have witnessed it that, that even that being in service of being grateful, like one of the, that is when I see you put those videos out about you and your family and, and what are we grateful for? Like that is a gem and a jewel that that makes my heart like so light up, you know what I mean? And provides a a, a real comfort in seeing that your blended family, that you're able to create that amount of joy in in that blendedness of a family, right? That's also you living your passion, living your purpose, and 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 it, like us being able to really see it manifest in the the way that your family has been formed. Right. Um, and and so I continue to salute you, King, for for always showing up, for always showing out for you uh, stepping in and choosing to lean more into your purpose. Now that you've now that you are able to, to like recognize and realize it um, and may may more of those moments become even more present in your life and you being able to recognize when when purpose is happening. And when you are truly living in that and, and, and reflecting that in your um, in your circumference, you know, so so thank you once again for for joining. Thank you, my brother. On the human experience it is my it is my pleasure. Good brother. Um, we'll definitely we'll definitely have to double back because I think there there is definitely more that I wanted to do a deeper dive in, especially with that blended family. 
um, and and the way that you're representing that, right? Because I think that there's a, there's a model um, that is 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 that you're destigmatizing, uh, and that's not even just within the black community. That is not in. That's just life in general. Right. There are so many people that are struggling with the idea of of how to form a blended family and what a blended family can even look like in, in a successful manner. Right. Where there is love on all sides. Right. Um, yeah. That's a whole that's a whole nother topic in and of itself that I'm not, you know, what I'm saying won't even. Man, let's do it. But um, but yeah, let's do it. Definitely. For sure, brother. So I just wanted to thank you once again for showing up, showing out. Um, and, and, and being, being on purpose and being, uh, faithful in your, in your, um, devotion to being of service. So just wanted to salute you you once again already. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, is there anything you would do? Is there one last little shout out that you want to give, um, towards, towards what it is that you're doing, what you got going on? You got a good... 30 seconds on that. Oh man, just um just you know one wanting, wanting everybody to uh you know take the health, fitness, and wellness serious. If you know any herbal distributors, not just myself, this is an amazing place of growth, an amazing place to get some of the best nutrition in the world. And to start with that temple, that body where you live. Because uh no matter what, no matter where you move to, no matter where you pick up and uh you know go, you're always gonna live here. We're gonna reside here in this body. For the rest of our life, your address might change, your city might change, but you're gonna live here forever. So let's do the maintenance. Word. With that being said, so with all of that coming across, I would like to take this moment out to thank you, the listeners, for going on this human experience with us, taking that ride of life so that you could, uh, Feel the compassion that resides in Brother Yusuf's heart as he conveys it and is in service and the wonderful things that he is doing in the city of Philadelphia and beyond. You know, so I would like to thank you all for choosing to take time out of your day to be a part of the human experience. I would love to give a great shout out to uh, Mr. Josh Bell, who did and put together that wonderful um introductory video that you all just witnessed of the experience and expression of really what what was the embodiment of the conversation that we had plaque boy joy you know um so thank you josh bell for putting that together i would love to thank another classmate uh cau classmate of mine mr uh mr david buck aka born great for providing us with the intro and outro music this is something that we're working on. This is an active conversation that we're having with one another um, about getting it right, getting that feel about the human experience and him being able to create a, uh, a, a theme that will convey truly what the human experience is. So comment on what you've heard thus far from these beats and from the, uh, from the good brother Born Great. At the end of the day, be peaceful. Be happy, be productive, and be dynamic. I am Himyo, a.k.a. True Him, and thank you for joining us on The Human Experience.
compassion in action. Enjoy your day. Thank you and be blessed.